the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to Southern California Live on KKLA and KPRZ. We are all over Southern California. And wherever you are, we're really glad that you have joined us today. And we've got a lot to talk about, lots of things going on in the news. And I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. I'm the senior pastor of the First Baptist Church of San Diego. It's great to be with you again today. I've been excited to be with you all week, and we're right in the middle of it right now. And so I get to be here all week, and uh, I'm enjoying that. I love getting to know you and getting to take your calls and, and hearing what's on your mind. And that's something we want to do here uh, this hour. You can give me a call at any time, 888-52-TALKS, 888-522-5557. I uh, got a subject for you in a second. So make sure you've got your coffee, that you are ready to go refilled, and that you are, are thinking uh, about uh, the world today. We got a lot to talk about in the big show today. Interesting stuff coming out of the elections yesterday. What does it all mean? And what do we do now? I always like to ask that question. Do we just get excited about things when an election happens and then it's over and then we forget about it until the next one? Because if we really want to do something, if we really want to see change, it's got to come from more than just uh, once or twice uh, every couple of years voting on stuff. And uh, some takeaways I've got for that. We're going to talk about that next hour a little bit more. We have a special guest, Dr. Nate Landis, and he is the author of a book called God Wants His Kids Back. And we're going to talk about that in the four o'clock hour. So you want to stay tuned for that. And I think it relates to some of the themes that were super important that came out of yesterday's election. Speaking of elections, do you know what today is? I don't know if you've thought about it, but a year ago, we had an election. A year ago, we had a presidential election. You probably paid a lot more attention to that one. And, uh, you know, it is, it's a whole year. What a difference a year makes, right? Everything is different. So here's a question. Question for this hour. I'd love to get your opinion is, uh, how is Biden doing? How is President Biden doing, in your opinion? Is he meeting your expectations? I mean, maybe this is one good way to put it. Is he meeting the expectations you had? Is he exceeding those expectations? Maybe he's doing less than. If you voted for President Biden, would you still vote for him today? If you didn't vote for him, have you changed your mind and said, you know what, I think I would uh, vote for this guy? Uh, would love to hear calls about that. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-52-TALKS, 528 I'd like to remind you that's the number, and if you'd like to be a part of our program or you think you might want to at some point, just memorize that number, put it in your phone, and you can just put it under KKLA, 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. How is President Biden doing? Let's hear your thoughts about that. All right. There are an, another story today, uh, you know, political. I think we should uh, mention it here is L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti uh, announced uh, not too long ago that he's got the covid. Uh, he's got coronavirus. He came down uh, with that. He is uh, overseas still. He went to the Glasgow uh, Climate Change Summit and uh, came down with uh, some climate change himself, I guess. But he took uh, he, the interesting thing is uh, he is fully vaccinated. He took a couple of different tests, I guess, and that came up negative, but the third one came up positive. So he was suggesting that maybe it's a false positive and that happens. But uh, we, we want to acknowledge that. Pray for the mayor. We are called to pray for our leaders. And, uh, 
You know, when the Bible tells us to pray for our leaders, it's not saying that we pray that they're successful in all of their endeavors, especially those things that would be contrary to God's will, but we should pray for their souls and pray for their health. We need them to do well. We need them to be wise. We need them to change their mind when they are wrong. Uh, We need them to turn to the Lord, and if they don't know the Lord, imagine how great it is when somebody who doesn't know the Lord repents and turns to the Lord, and how does that affect, you know, how they lead? So those are some ways that we can we can pray. I'm going to do that here real quick, okay, because we're commanded to do that. God, I pray for our mayor, Eric Garcetti. Pray that you'd take away this COVID, that he would not be um, seriously uh, sickened because of it, that he would get well quickly. I pray that he would have time of reflection, and wherever his heart is, Lord, I pray that it would turn to you. I pray that he would draw nearer to you wherever he is at in his spiritual journey, that he would proclaim Christ as Lord, that maybe this would be an opportunity to think about his own mortality. And God, we just pray that you do a miraculous work in his life. Uh, We thank you, Lord, for uh, him being the mayor, and we pray that he does things wisely. We pray that he comes back uh, changed from how he came uh, in a positive way, or changed from how he went. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, God's word tells us to pray for our leaders, so we're going to do that. Question for the hour is, uh, a year ago, President Biden was elected. How's it going? Uh, how do you feel about it? What, has he met your expectations? And maybe your expectations were low, and you say, oh, yeah, well, he's met them. Or maybe they were really high, and you're saying he met them, or he fell short. Maybe they were low, and he's doing better than you thought. I don't know. 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And, of course, in that line of thinking, as believers— how do we approach this? You know, certainly we need to pray for our president, and well, we'll do that also in this hour. He was at the uh, the climate change summit, and he's getting some flack because he fell asleep during it. Apparently, it looks like he fell asleep. If you watch the video, I, it was live, and so you see him sitting there, and he's got his arms folded. If you haven't seen it, uh, he has got his arms folded, and he's sitting in uh, this building for this climate change thing, which looks like a. Uh, university classroom. It looks like he's in the eighth row somewhere in the middle, you know, and uh, he, it's it's kind of this funny scene, and you see him kind of nod off, and I don't know if he's going to sleep, and uh, to be honest with you, I'm if you listen to what's being said by whoever is speaking at the time, I would go to sleep too. No doubts there. Can't really blame him for that, but because it was live, you know, one of his aides goes over to ask him a question, but most people think he's just trying to wake him up, and the truth is, is that we make fun of him for being older and everything, but Lots of presidents fall asleep at these things. Did you know that? And they send you overseas, and then you got to sit through some boring lecture. And you're probably there just for political reasons. If Biden were to say about it, he might, you know, lean into the microphone and he would say, "Hey, I was tired. It was boring. You would fall asleep too." You know, let me say, "Oh, okay. All right. Eight 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 fifty two talks. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. Let's go to the 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 phones. Jennifer from Los Angeles. Welcome to Southern California Live. Thank you for Hi. calling. Uh, good afternoon. Yeah. Um, I, I want to answer your question, but yep. I do have a quick question for you after I answer it. I just want to let you know that I don't feel safe. Um, under Biden, um, I really um, was, I'm always very open with whomever is president. want to give him the benefit of the doubt, and I'm always very hopeful. But under, uh, under his presidency thus far, I don't feel safe. I feel very nervous. So. Yeah. What makes um, you feel unsafe? Yeah, what, what is it specifically? Like, how do you feel not safe? Um, you know, there's so much racial divide, mm. number one. And number two, I just really feel like the church is getting attacked. And you, there's too, too much of the wokeness where you can't really 
be who you are. You have, you know, I'm scared. Like, I can't say anything. I can't say how I feel because if I do, I will definitely be attacked, especially living out here in California. Yeah, we definitely live in a uh, a place, you know, where we have to be aware that um, people are going to have this kind of uh, approach to saying things freely, that you're going to be attacked for things if you disagree, even in small ways you might be attacked. Does that have to do with Biden, or was that going on before Biden even got here? I mean, every nobody alive has been here as long as Biden. He's 105, but uh, that was a cheap shot on my account. Sorry about that. Well, I'm here I, saying I we got to be civil. Like, Go ahead. I'm sorry. I just feel like it's gotten worse under him, if that makes any sense. I feel like, you know, it's, it's not getting any better. I feel like it's, it's getting worse, and I think a lot of it is because there's so many um, – well, people that I'm surrounded by, they're very, very extremely left-leaning, so there's no room for any conversation, no room for, you know, being in the middle. And if you, especially because I'm, I'm a minority, and if I disagree with any of my friends, all of a sudden, you know, you become a sellout, and, and they want to ask you, well, you know, where is God? Where does where God play this role in, in this situation? So I just find it to be very difficult, challenging, depressing times. Even my 21-year-old, he looks at the future, you know, like saying, I don't even think I'm going to have a future because we're not allowed to be who we are. It's, it's mm. a very hard time. I think it's gotten worse under him. It is a very, very difficult time. There's a lot of fear. So uh, is, was that your comment or did you have another question? Yeah, and the question basically was how, how would one handle, um, you know, I, I, I do have some, some friends of mine or I've that, you know, are not believers, and I feel attacked when they, you know, want to challenge me about what the Bible says, and I end, I end up shutting down because I don't want to get in a disagreement, but then I don't want to say the wrong thing, and then yeah. I feel like if I say the, if I say something and if it's not pleasing to God, then I just feel so guilty. So when I've been dealing with this recently with in my workplace where, well, um, if you feel this way and you're so Christian, I keep hearing you're so Christian. Well, tell me a Bible verse where God says this and where God says that, and, and it, it's a struggle. And I noticed I didn't have this problem in the workplace ten years ago. It's becoming more of an issue, especially <clears throat> I noticed this year it's gotten really bad. Yeah. So I, 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 right. I, I don't know how to present myself. All right, Jennifer, I appreciate your call, and uh, I understand where you're coming from. I think it has changed a lot. Uh, in the last 10 years, you know, when President Obama, when he became president, shortly afterward, he made a comment about this being a post-Christian era. And there were a lot of people upset with him for that comment, a lot of church people upset with him about that. But you know what? Actually, he was right. And I think we're experiencing that uh, today. You know, here's one of the things I would say to you that we need to keep in mind is that God, uh, first of all, is in charge. And, you know, he told us that people are going to hate us because of him. And I think it's important that if people aren't going to like us, it's because of our faith in Jesus, not because we're being not very kind, right? I mean, sometimes uh, people don't like us because of the gospel message, but sometimes people don't like us if we're being a jerk, right? So let's not do that. Um, But, you know, you mentioned uh, uh, you were in a a minority, and I know that that's extra difficult in some ways Uh, as a white person. Uh, that's what I mark down on the forms that I fill out. Uh, the interesting thing I've realized is that I can be a Democrat or Republican or independent. I can be Green Party. I can make up my own party. I can do whatever, and nobody says anything. But 
in many ways, if you're an, an ethnic minority, especially if you're African-American and you say you're anything but Democrat, uh, you get questioned somehow by the left. You're, you're somehow not allowed to uh, uh, express yourself differently. That's part of the political correctness that's out there. And what I would say uh, uh, to you is be encouraged by some of the things that are happening, even what happening, happened yesterday. We're going to talk about it a little bit in the next hour, but in uh, Virginia, Winsome Sears, African-American woman, Republican, became the first ever African-American elected to statewide office in the state of Virginia. And the state of Virginia has been around a long time. So going back to the Puritan years, 400 years, that's never happened. Uh, It's a big deal. And uh, she acknowledged that. And uh, I think that that is a sign that some of the narrative is ending. And in all this conflict, all this stuff that's kind of coming to the surface, People are going to seek out truth, and people are going to seek what is right, and uh, maybe that's going on. Uh, 888-52-TALKS is our number. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow, and uh, 888-528-2557. I'm asking uh, a year later after the Biden election, how's he doing? How's it going with President Biden? Kelly from San Dimas, uh, welcome to the program. Hi there. Hi, Kelly. Hi. Can you hear me? Yeah, I hear you. Oh, Okay. So my only comment is, and it's nothing against him personally, but it just looks like his body is giving out on him. If he weren't wearing his suits, if he had a T-shirt and regular men's pants on, I think we would see a very old senior citizen. And I don't think his body is going to be able to handle all of the work that is required of him. So I I can't see him in that office the whole four years. He just, he he doesn't look healthy. Yeah. Well, Kelly, uh, thank you for that call. I know that, uh, I know there's a lot of people who feel that way. And, you know, I'm a, he, the thing is, is he is an older senior citizen. I know many of you listening, you know, whenever I say somebody older, it's very relative, right? You're, I'm just telling you, you're older than somebody. And uh, a lot of it is what's in your heart and what's in your head. But he's 79 years old. He's had, uh, brain cancer, I think at one point, and uh, there's a lot going on, and there's no doubt in anybody's mind that he's lost a step, to put it mildly, and there's a lot of question. I've got that question. I personally, I don't think he's president in four years because of his health, but I could be wrong. You know, there are lots of people who are 82 and uh, still do. My dad is 82 and still the senior pastor of a church. I'm not entirely sure that uh, that's not a harder job sometimes than being president, um, and uh, so sometimes they can do it. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, I think it's a it's a really it's a really big question. Uh, his health and uh, what's going to happen there, and in particular how we're being viewed by the world. You know, do we have a leader who's who's not really there? Uh, thanks for that question, and that's another reason to pray for him and pray for his health. Um, if he has to step out of office, whether he decides he's too old or he has um, uh, age related problem or uh, the twenty fifth amendment, him, which I think is definitely possible. Uh, that's not a good thing, really, probably for the country. And then we have President Harris, or at least acting President Harris. And um, how do we feel about that, I wonder? Uh, thank you, Kelly, again for your call. Cindy from Torrance, welcome to the Southern California Live program. Thank you for calling. Hi, Cindy. Hi, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hello? Thank you for calling. Turn, yeah, I turn down your radio. It'll help us. I doing a really great job, uh-huh. but... I also think that Kamala would be much worse. I don't Uh think the solution is really in impeaching him or getting rid of him. I think the real solution 
is in making sure the elections are fair and done properly, that there aren't votes skimmed from various um, different precincts all around the country for the next election. And I hope that we have fair elections in the future. Okay. And obviously, uh, thank you very much, Cindy, for your call. Obviously, that was a big deal uh, with the uh, Biden election. Still is a big deal for a lot of people. You're listening to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow, and we are reflecting on the uh, Biden administration just because a year ago uh, was Election Day where President Biden was uh, elected. If you want to join in the conversation, I'd love to hear what your thoughts are. Is he meeting your expectations? Is he exceeding them? Um, if you voted for him, you feel, would you vote for him again? If you didn't, um, would you vote for him now? I'm real curious about what you would think there. And, uh, you know, this caller is talking about how we approach the president. And she started to talk about, you know, how we, how we treat him. We treat our presidents pretty badly, and I do think it's getting worse. Okay, and it's kind of both sides. All right, both sides are doing it. I think that, uh, you know, I remember uh, with, with President Biden, you know, lots of people say, well, he's not my president. Um, and people said that on the conservative side that Obama wasn't their president. And before that, people said George Bush wasn't their president. And I think it escalated around the time of uh, that, but it was happening even when uh, President Clinton was in office. Uh, not my pre- problem is, is they are the president, and uh, we need them to do well in reality. We don't need them to do well from the standpoint of policies right and left. We need them to do well for the country, uh, whoever the president is. They need to do well for the country. It's a funny thing, the criticism that they're getting. I remember uh, Bill Clinton President Clinton was lamenting, um, and he said, <laughs> he said he was he was jealous maybe because uh, President Obama at the time was getting so much criticism about uh, different things, and somebody said no one's been criticized as much as Obama, and President Clinton he got this look and he was being interviewed by somebody and said. Well, you know what? If you don't remember, uh, I was a murderer. Everybody said I was killing people. I don't think they're saying that about uh, President Obama right now. That's funny. Funny comment to me. You know, there's all that those stories about that. But uh, we don't treat presidents too well. Um, and, you know, personally, and there is a way that uh, it's important that they do really well. This is the Southern California Live program. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow, and uh, we want to get your comments on how President Biden is doing, what your thoughts are. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I mentioned that the president was uh, at the climate summit, the U.N. climate summit this week, and there's a lot of interesting criticism coming out uh, from even people who are um, very much on the page of the world is ending because of climate change. And people make comments like this is an existential crisis, the climate crisis. Now, when I take a look at it, I look at it from a couple of points of view. Number one, I look at it from the standpoint that I've read the end of the book and how the world ends, and it doesn't end in a climate crisis. Uh, people will still be alive. You could possibly go through uh, the book of Revelation, and when the seals are opened, one of them has um, a scene where a third of the vegetation of the world is burnt. And depending on how you interpret that kind of thing, you could say it was an environmental disaster. That's possible, a possible way to look at it. But at the end of the day, uh, climate change, for whatever it is, whether human beings are causing it, whether it's just a natural occurrence that happens with the earth, 
you know, I don't know. I don't study that kind of stuff. One of the things I, the second thing I look at though is if this really is an existential crisis, meaning that we're all going to die uh, in 12 years or whatever the year is this year that they're claiming it is, uh, why aren't we more upset that China and Russia didn't show up to this little convention there? I mean, it seems to me that uh, they're the big deal, right? Like if, if we're all going to die, the whole planet is going to die. And if we really believe that, if, that, if that's really what the evidence says, then my gosh, shouldn't the entire planet be breathing down their necks saying you guys got to shut down the uh, coal plants and all the different things that you're doing. Like if this was really that urgent existential crisis, we're all going to die. You've taken away my future. Uh, see, and that's the thing is I look at that and I go, I don't know if we believe this and what is the, the point. And there's some, there's some idea about that, that there's a lot of sort of first world uh, protection and politics and reasons for taxation and climate change, even if uh, whatever it is that might be true about it. Um, whatever might be true, we might just be protecting our wealth. Stopping uh, poorer countries from developing is part of all that deal. Did you know that? Um, so it's kind of a scary, uh, a scary thing there. Uh, we are asking the question, how is President Biden doing in his first year? And uh, we've got your calls lining up here, and I'll get to them here in just a minute. The number, the number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. And even in your, your thinking of this, how do we approach uh, leadership in our country? How is it that Christians ought to be approaching them? Um, scripturally, of course, and in a way that would be effective to help our country do better, uh, locally, nationally, wherever it is. 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll be back with your phone calls in just a couple of minutes. Don't go away. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Southern California Live program. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow, and uh, it's great to be with you as your guest host today. We're talking about politics and uh, getting just your thoughts about the Biden presidency so far since a year ago was his election day. And in light of what happened yesterday, um, you know, how's he doing, getting your thoughts? And then what do we do? Where do we go from here? We'll, we'll talk about that in uh, a few minutes, but I'd like to get your thoughts about it as uh, believers. You know, it's funny because uh, today in the media, of course, they're saying, you know, Biden took a big hit uh, with the election yesterday. And that's common for uh, people in office that the midterm elections and the off elections are kind of go against them sometimes. Lyndon Johnson, President Johnson once said that politics is like this. He said, one day you're chicken doo-doo, but the next day you're chicken salad. Uh, and that's how politics goes. Um, I'm not quoting him directly. I'm sure he used a different word there, but um, that's what he meant. So you know, can be up and down and up and down, and that's how, how politics goes. So how's he doing? Let's go to the phones. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. Marie from Monterey Park. Welcome to Southern California Live. Thanks for calling. How you doing, Marie? Thank you, Pastor. Thank you, Pastor. Yeah. I think Biden is doing a very terrible job, but he is doing what the progressives want to continue to destroy America. I'm delighted that people in Virginia, parents in Virginia, in Virginia stood up to him, stood up to this progressive demonic ideology of dividing the country with uh, indoctrinating little children with just horrible, <clears throat> horrible thoughts. And um, 
I, I think Biden doesn't even know where he is. I think somebody else is running the show. Um, well, it's uh, it's hard to say, isn't it? I know where you're coming from, uh, Marie, and uh, thank you for for calling. You know, it's kind of relative because there are some other people who probably would say Biden is doing a great job, right? If you are supportive of some of the things that he's doing. A lot of the conversation is that he's been pulled pretty far to the left with a lot of the woke stuff uh, that's out there. And that, of course, uh, much of it got defeated in the first elections uh, since all of that yesterday. And, uh, you know, one of the reasons, again, we got to pray for him is people say they don't know if he doesn't know where he is. And, you know, a lot of times he does okay. Sometimes I look at him and I go, all right, you're okay. And other times I have severe questions. And um, I don't know where that is. But we, we do need to pray because coming up behind him is is Kamala Harris, and how's she going to do? And what if she says, I don't want to do it? Well, then it's Nancy Pelosi. And uh, you go down the list of uh, of who's coming up the, the ranks there, um, I think it's more of uh, an impetus for us to pray for the president. Um, Abraham from Hawthorne, thanks for calling Southern California Live. How you doing, Abraham? Hello, pa- Hello Pastor Scott. Can you hear yes, me sir. okay? I can hear you. Welcome okay. to the show. Excellent. Uh, Pastor Scott, my, my take on, on President Biden, I think he's doing a terrible, terrible job. Uh, I'm a born-again Christian. I believe uh, the Bible is the Word of God. And everything Biden's doing is going against Christianity, I believe, you know. And uh, if, you, if you look at his track record so far, I mean, I got just look at Afghanistan. Look what he did to Afghanistan. Look what he did to the borders. The, the border is out of control. I, I got friends and family members that work for Border Patrol, and man, they are they are um, being uh, uh, really persuaded to do certain things that they're not supposed to. And it, it's it's a mess at the borders. And what about his son with the laptop? You know, <clears throat> yeah. And well, we're we... forgetting about that. Yeah, well, we don't know all the details about those things. Let me ask you this. Most people, even on the right and left, are saying, you know, it hasn't been a good year for the president. What should he do now? Like, if you were if you were to sit in the Oval Office and he says, uh, hey, uh, Abraham, what would you recommend I do differently? What would you tell him? First of all, I would, I would tell him, look, the whole world knows that you didn't really win the presidency. Well, he I mean, probably – let's just say – yeah. Let's just say that uh, that's is that the first thing that you tell him because he is the president now. That's not going to change, whatever happens. Okay. Well then, I so how does he how does he do better? He's going to be the president maybe for another three years. How's he? What's he do better? I would say you know what, put your trust in Jesus, read your Bible, go to church. You know. Yeah, you know what, Abraham? Uh, I think that's first. a great answer. I think that's a really and, good and, answer. And then. Uh, Hopefully, uh, the Lord will work on his heart, because the way he's going now, uh, Pastor Scott, I, I don't know if we're going to have a country any longer with this guy. It's uh, There's a whole lot of things, comment. right? That Yeah. Hey, I'm with you. Hey, I think that's the right answer. You know, uh, in fact, when we are instructed to pray for the president, um, we should pray for his heart with respect to where he's at with Jesus. He's got a Catholic background, and if you're if you're Catholic, uh, a lot of my Catholic friends have got a lot of problems with his Catholicism because of his views on abortion, uh, in particular because of his views on some other things. Um, and uh, 
you know, it's a it's a struggle. There's a lot of Catholic bishops even who are saying don't give them communion, and then the Pope this week said, no, go ahead and give them communion. So there's there's controversy on all sides uh, for our president there. And, uh, you know, I think one of the things we do have to do is try to move past some of the the election controversies, because one of the things that's hard, one of the callers earlier said we need to we need to shore up our election policies. And I am definitely for that. Uh, a lot of the things that people accused Biden of or Biden's people of in the last election, uh, those kinds of shenanigans, you know, on smaller scales, they go on all the time. And uh, sometimes they're shenanigans and sometimes it's just, oh, I moved, but I got my absentee ballot and I'm going to vote over here. And uh, lots of dead people vote. Sometimes it's, um, you know, it's dirty. Sometimes it's, well, dad got his absentee ballot and he died. I'm going to go ahead and mail it in for him because this is what he would have wanted. Still shouldn't do it, uh, but that's what people do uh, sometimes. The number is 888-52-TALKS, 888-528-2557. I think we have to be careful with, uh, you know, making accusations about the election that we can't really prove like in court. If people have a feeling about things, um, it's not enough. And that's something that, that didn't really happen. One of uh, President Trump's lawyers went into court with uh, the statement. If you read, in fact, on a lot of issues, if you kind of want to know what's really true beyond what gets said on the news media, beyond what gets said by the politicians left and right, Read the transcripts of what actually happens in court, what the lawyers actually say to the judge. Because once you get in that environment, you're under oath. And if you're an attorney, you have issues of your own career, your own status with the bar. There's a whole lot of things uh, going on there. And uh, when you read the court proceedings of things that were going on last year, uh, it's very different than what was being said publicly. All right. One of the judges said, uh, how many observers were there? And the claim was that the Republican observers and Pennsylvania were not allowed in. And the judge said, well, how many observers were there? And uh, the answer was 12. It turned out that there were 12 and there were eight Democratic observers and that they were there. And the judge, the lawyer gave some kind of roundabout answer. And the judge said, no, you just need to tell me how many people were there observers there. And the lawyer said, "Uh, yes. And the judge says, how many? And she said, it's a non-zero number. And uh, that's right. People don't really like lawyers very much. You, you know, you can't go into court with a non-zero number. What is non-zero number? What does that mean? And they, they got in some trouble for that. Another one went into court and said, no, there's no fraud. We just think it was messy, basically. And the judge challenged that person with their standing at the bar. So that doesn't mean there isn't funny business that was going on. But proof is an entirely different thing. And I think looking forward to other elections that are going on, it um, doesn't look like anything major is coming out of yesterday, but we can do better as a society. And it matters because if, if people and, and keep in mind that uh, Hillary Clinton challenged uh, Trump's election, saying that Russia did it. Remember, well, that didn't turn out to be true. Uh, Russia was involved in doing all kinds of stuff on social media. They're definitely doing anything. But did it change anybody's votes? Uh, it certainly didn't change that election at all. And all those things that were said were just not real. We have to move forward and uh, make sure that the next time both sides feel pretty secure about uh, how elections are done. Otherwise, we're in a lot of trouble. If, if we do not believe and if we have reason to not believe that our votes are counted right, uh, then our country's done. You can't survive. We're going to have to have Jimmy Carter look at our own elections, right? There's a reason he goes to these other countries. I've always thought that uh, we should stick our thumb in the ink like they do in Iraq. You get one vote, stick your thumb in the ink. Remember that? I thought that was great. Everybody knows that uh, you got your one vote. Uh, James from Duarte, thanks for calling Southern California Live. How you doing, James? I'm doing good. How you doing, uh, Pat Scott? I'm doing fine. Thank you for calling, James. It's on your mind. 
good. I um I, I think I called a couple of weeks ago. I really like your personal approach and your opinion. Oh, thank you. But I think your platform start out with a platform of negativity. So, for know what I mean by that, we we don't always look at what a person is doing is bad, which is true. Yeah. But at the same time, let's look at how can we better the president. Mm-hmm. And you also mentioned about someone said about ten years ago we had well, it was Bush and we had Clinton, we had. Um, Obama, and then we have right now Joe Biden, but you never say anything about Trump. Never, never, there's nothing negative about Donald Trump. And only God knows a person's heart, but a lot of that negativity started when Donald Trump became president. Mm-hmm. And now he can read, he can say what he can do and get away with it. I'm not getting all the details, but and evangelical Christians support him. I, I mean, Everybody, uh, sin is sin, but you confess God is faithful and just to cleanse us. But there's nothing negative said about Donald Trump. They have generated You're talking about Black Lives Matter. Blue Lives Matter, too. They talk about that, but when January 6th come about, no evangelical stood up for the policemen. No one, I haven't heard anyone talk about on January 6th. Even when I met a couple of people who died, one guy said people committed suicide. This is January 6th. Yeah. Evangelica didn't stand up for that. They took the American flag, Confederate flag, Donald Trump flag, and went into the White House. I mean, that, that's violent. Mm. They should be held accountable for that. And people so uh, people replace the... Uh, coming from Donald Trump and those who support him. Yeah, people replace the American flag with the Trump flag on the, on the, on the Capitol. Um, that was extremely offensive. But that's my point. But no one speak up against that. That's my point. You know, uh, wrong is wrong. That's what I was talking when I was going. My mother told me whether it's my sister, or my brother, when they do something wrong, you need to call them out on it. But they don't yeah. call out Donald Trump. They didn't call out. Man, blue lives matter. Yes, black lives matter. All lives matter. But when it came to the blue lives you know, on January sixth, no one stood up and fight for those guys. And yet we call ourselves evangelical. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a slap in the face of what I believe. I don't believe you should go and break into the Capitol. I don't believe you can curse people, hang dog, hang pence, and all all those things they did, and they're still getting away with it. And so Donald Trump started a mess and still going to be a mess. I mean, I support people. Stand for, I stand for what is right. If my brother's wrong, my sister's wrong, my mother wrong, they're wrong. I have to always call that out. But then I call it out. John Trump. That's what I say. I mean, because it really bothers me how we've gone so far and let him get in the way with all this stuff, and we call ourselves evangelical Christians and slapping our slapping my face because I'm gonna stand for what's right. Hey, James, I got to go to a break, but when I come back from the break, I'll uh, respond to your call. I appreciate your call, and I'm with you. And evangelicalism has taken a major hit in the last several years, a big deal, and part of the reason is exactly what you're saying is that we don't have consistency with right and wrong. We get to right and left about things. i got to take a break. Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. We'll be right back. Hold on. Welcome back to Southern California Live. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. And we've been talking about uh, the president and uh, how's he doing in, uh, since Election Day for President Biden was a year ago. And before we went on to the break, uh, we had James on from Duarte, and he was talking about the Christian's attitude and in particular the inconsistencies between how we are with President Biden or Obama and Donald Trump. And um, 
Let me talk about that and let's finish up the hour. You know, one of the reasons I asked the question is partly because I want to hear kind of where people are, but also I want us as believers and as a, as a pastor, this matters just as a believer, this matters. James makes a great point that we have to hear. We are citizens of heaven first, first and foremost. I love our country. I am afraid for our country. I'm gravely concerned about different things going on in the world and the things that we're worried about. I'm encouraged about certain things that are happening. But at the end of the day, what Jesus is going to call us to account for is what's on our hearts and what we are about with respect to his kingdom. Romans chapter 13, verse 1, it says, Let everyone be subject to governing authorities, for there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And those who do so will bring judgment on themselves. Uh, that's a powerful statement there. And what does the Scripture say about all of our leaders. God's the one who put them there. In the book of Daniel, one of my favorite verses, Daniel 4:17. The decision is announced by messengers. The holy ones declare the verdict so that the living may know, the living, that's us, so that the living may know the Most High is sovereign over the kingdoms of men and gives them to anyone he wishes and sets over them the lowliest of men. God has given us Joe Biden as our president. And the scriptures tell us to pray for him. And the scriptures tell us to be subject. There are times not to be subject. There are times when we are told to do things that are opposed to the kingdom of God. If we're told to sin, if we're told to worship the leader, there's all kinds of reasons. I know that there are reasons. I think we make up some reasons these days to do so just because we don't like this one. And one of the the things that James is pointing out is right, is we're not consistent. There were things that were terrible that happened on January 6th. I'm not on the page of, you know, it's just as bad as 9-11 or anything like that. But we replaced the flags, not we, but some people. And I know most of the people there were tourists, okay? But there were some people who did some really bad things. And they did a lot of bad things in the name of Christ. They just did. And that's what's going to get on the news, by the way. Uh, And there were officers who were involved. Some of those stories turned out to not be true, but some of them were very true. And it's horrific, We can't be on that page. Christians cannot be represented by a guy in a buffalo suit at the Capitol. We can't be represented by a bunch of people in Texas yesterday who think that John F. Kennedy Jr. is still alive and he's coming back and it's going to be Trump Kennedy Jr. as president and vice president. That's crazy. We can't do that. And evangelicalism is taking a hit because we have to admit, can I just get on this. I mean, it matters. We are taking a hit because if President Obama or President Biden or President Clinton, whoever you want to say, did the same things that Trump did. I don't even blame Trump. Trump is Trump. He's doing it. But if, if they did the same things morally that Trump did, we would have gone crazy. We would have demanded resignation. We would, and the world knows it. Everybody knows it. And that affects our faith. And I'll tell you something going on right now. And I get it. I understand it. There's a part of me that enjoys that we have a culture that comes up with this kind of stuff. But as 
Christians, as people who represent Christ, can I tell you something? This is going to bug some of you. It just is, but I, we need you to think about it because it affects things. We cannot, we can't, we cannot be part of Let's Go Brandon. We can't. We can't do it. We can't. I know. I get it. I get the amusement of it. I get the fun, but the world knows what that means. And I can't tell you what it means because I can't say it on the air. That's what it means. And if you say, well, that's not what I mean when I say it, it doesn't matter what you mean when you say it. That's what people hear. I don't want my kids to know what that means. I don't. I don't want, I've laughed at it. I get it. I, it, you know, the whole way that came about, if you know what I'm even talking about, there was a very profane chant. Now, there are people on the left who are doing the same chant about Donald Trump and the same thing about George W. Bush. I know it. There was a play that people promoted about the assassination of George W. Bush. I mean, normally the Secret Service would come to your house if you wrote that and, and question you and maybe take you away. But people celebrated the idea of a fantasy world where we assassinated the president. I mean, I understand that it's that bad on the left, and nobody should be a part of that, no Christian. But on the right, we can't do it. And when we're out there chanting this about a president who, we're, who has been chosen by God, whether we like it or not, when we are doing this and it is vulgar, it's harming the church. It harms our mission. If the culture wants to do it, that's the way the culture is. The culture is mean, but we can't. And I guess, you know, it's one of those things where I get it. I get the the passion about this, but who is our spiritual leader? Where are we, you know, is our spiritual leader, whoever the president is, do we feel just attacked because our side might have lost? Or do we feel secure because somebody who supports our side is, is in office and we make it? We just can't. We can't. What are we supposed to do? We're supposed to pray. We're supposed to pray. And when we pray for our leaders, we're not praying that they're successful. I hope Biden personally is not successful at all in upholding um, abortion laws that he wants to do. I hope he's not successful at all in uh, other things that uh, he wants to do that I think are immoral. There are probably some things that he wants to do they are fine. I'm not a big fan of all the spending because I think eventually that bill's coming due. I think we should cut stuff. I think there's a morality involved in all of that as well. But what my Bible tells me is that I should pray, 1 Timothy 2, 1 and 2. I urge then, first of all, that requests, prayers, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for everyone, for kings and all those in authority, that we may live peaceful and quiet lives in all godliness and holiness. You know, it says this is good and it pleases God, our Savior. Friends, we have got to be the people of worship of the living God, the people who are the salt and light, the people that in a culture right now that does not know what the truth is. I mean, it's crazy. The gender stuff that's out there, it's not helping people. It's not making our culture better. It's harming our kids. And people are afraid to even talk about it. We need to be the ones that people turn to as different because we're holy. That's what it means. We're set apart. We're holy. We need to be different. We can't participate in that. And I think you can pray. I think you can pray that Biden doesn't get reelected. I think you can pray that we get a better person. But in, the, in your prayers, we need to pray that he's the best president he can be, that he changes his mind. Imagine if President Biden were to come out and say, hey, I've changed my opinion about abortion. I think 
that it is wrong? What if Kamala Harris came to the same conclusion? It would be remarkable and revolutionary. We need to pray for that. All right, that's, that's just kind of my lecture. You can talk to me about that later. I'm going to pray, though, because we're instructed to do that. Can we do that here? God, we're praying for President Biden today. Your word tells us to pray for him, to pray for our leaders. And we know when Paul wrote this that the leaders were terrible. It didn't say just pray for good leaders or pray for leaders we like or pray for leaders that support our agendas, but to pray for them. I pray for President Biden. I pray for his health. I pray that whatever is true about his condition, that he would be the best president possible, that he would be healed, that he would have strength, or that he would step out if that's what our country needs. I pray for that. And I pray for his policy making that you would change his heart. I pray that he would turn to you, that he would listen to gospel that he has heard, that he would turn to you and want to lead this country, especially in this time where there are so many things that are dangerous that he would want to lead in truth and justice that comes from your word. I pray for him and I pray for the churches, Lord, that we would be that salt and light, that we would have no fear in this world and stepping out and speaking the truth, but doing it with grace and honor and dignity, but without hesitation that we would do so in a great way. I thank you, Lord, that you are present with us. I thank you for all of our callers today and for our country. We ask for your blessing. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm Pastor Scott Furrow. This is Southern California Live. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.